This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This is a View from the Bridge official podcast of the Belfast Giants for KingdomoftheGiants.com. Today's Tuesday, the 25th of September, 2018. My name is Patrick Smith. Sport is a funny thing. It can build you up, it can knock you down. And it's funny that, what, seven, eight days ago when we last recorded the podcast, we were waxing lyrical thing about how well the Belfast Giants had started the season. And just seven days later, here we are. And we're about to talk about the fact that in the last seven days, the Belfast Giants have been subject to three defeats. Where do you go with that? Listen, I'll introduce my good friends and we'll get stuck in as soon as we, as soon as we get through that. Mr. David McJemsey, how are you? I'm all right, Paddy. Thank you. Uh, Joel, how's things? Good evening, mate. Yes, doing good. Can't complain. Ah, good man. And and last but not least, well, I actually had something prepared there because um. This week was also this week we obviously uh, heard the sad departure from this world of uh, of Chaz Chaz Hodges from uh, Chaz and Dave. So as he's the only Spurs supporter on the group, I thought I'd give him an intro. Suits him down to the ground. How are you saying the kitchen? Patrick, always a pleasure. <laughs> again, again, again. Yeah. And, and a different one as well. With your incessant talking, you'll be coming a I love Chaz and Dave. I've seen them twice. Chaz, we were talking about that the other day, um, and I said about Chaz had passed away, a big Spurs fan, and she, she's actually on FaceTime with you here at the minute. Say hello, Jasmine. Hiya. Hi, Jazz. Hi, She's sitting watching me, even though I've told her to keep quiet. The, uh, um, we were doing the, she was asking, who's Chaz? So I had to bring the rabbit song up. But that was very funny. Can't hear that point. As I say, I saw them twice. They were absolutely brilliant. I think both gigs lasted about 45 minutes because all their songs are about like a minute and a half. <laughs> it was like, thanks very much, good night. I went, hey, that was 25 quid, lads. Everyone a banger as well. Unbelievable. Did they do Snooker Loopy? They did do Snooker Loopy. Snooker Loopy, not We are all Snooker Loopy. Going down to Margate, you know. All loads of... Listen. Get out there and download or go to Spotify, type in Chaz and Dave, or as they're now known, Dave, and enjoy the um, <laughs> enjoy some absolute crackers. <laughs> this is the View from the Bridge official podcast of Chaz and Dave. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. No, get involved. I think go and have a look. I really enjoyed it. But anyway, how are you, Simon? You well? Yes, man, all good. And Jazz, you doing well? 
she's away, she's on FaceTime. Ah. Right, we're going, to, we're going to get stuck into the show in just a second. But unfortunately, um, this, we're recording this on Tuesday. And this morning, we heard some very sad news, David. Yes, Paddy, and just like you said in the introduction, you know, sport, hockey in general, it, it can build you up, it can knock you down, and it also brings you close to uh, people that I guess you, you may not cross paths with in ordinary circumstances, and, and this would be the case for us. And sadly, just this morning, we heard the news about the passing of, of little Scarlett Sarah, and they're from, she was a Cardiff Devils fan, little girl who had a lot of problems to her life, but she was, she may have been a little wee kid, but she, she had a massive, big personality, and you know, through all those, you know, adversities that she suffered, you know, I can't ever remember seeing a picture of Scarlett with like a massive smile on her face. And I was like, we're all family, man. Joel's got his nephews and all. We're, we've all got our little guards. And I know this morning when we were all talking to each other, we, we, we felt it, we felt it very personally. And mm-hmm. because, because she was a little guard too. And, you know, it'll take it, it'll be very hard for their family. But, you know, the Scarlet's army and, and the devils are always on about there, you know, on the wings of an army. And that's a very close fan base there. And they'll they'll reach out and support us in any way they can, as they have done during the, the time that Scarlet wasn't too well. And unfortunately, we, we have to, again, send our sympathies as a fan base and as a podcast and as a and as an organization to, from Belfast. Our, our love and our thoughts and prayers go out to the family and friends of little Scarlet and uh you know, you see the, the little rocket and you know, flame. I mean, you know, another little star will be shining bright, but just somewhere else, sadly, tonight. And uh, as I say, our thoughts go with them. It's with that. It's very difficult to put in, put in into perspective, but it's with that we will move on with the show. Um, we will start talking with about the Belfast Giants games. We'll break them into two sections, of course, with the game against Nottingham on the uh, on the Wednesday, and the two games against Fife. We'll bring them two sections. We'll start with this game against the Nottingham Panthers, making their first trip to the SSE Arena this season, and walking out with a six-three win. Um, what can you say? It seemed to be another bit of a. The Giants have struggled in the last few games of having a meltdown in individual periods, but it was so difficult. First, first period, pretty end to end, pretty even, but in the second period, a real glut of goals. Luke Pither, 42 seconds into the period, followed by Kevin Henderson, 11 29 into the period. Uh, Jaden Risling made it 3 0. Ollie Betridge made it 4-0, and uh, into the third five minutes of that, Justin Kovac made it 5-0, and the Giants just really, really struggling. Damage limitation at that point, and Josh Roach pulled one back. Uh, Dustin Johnner followed that up to make it 5-2, but Justin Kovac more or less sealed the game, 6-2 at 18-17. 15 seconds later, Justin Johnner got a second of the game to make it 6-3, but that was all the scoring. One of the stories of the game was the fact that Stephen Murphy was in nets for the Belfast Giants. Tyler Beskarowani sitting out with a bit of a niggle over the three games. Uh, unfortunately, he had the loss, 24 saves of 30 shots. At the other side, Michael Garnett, 43 saves from 46 shots. Um, where do you start? I'll start with you, Simon. You were behind the mic. The first period had a lot of promise, but the second period just blew us away. Yeah, it was a it was a really tough game to call, believe you me. Um, you know, we had, we had opportunities in the first. Um, you know, we, you get the first goal, it's a completely different game. And, and it was just one of those things where 
we couldn't do anything right in the second period at all. First period, was, I thought the first period was really entertaining. Um, Garnett played very well, um, but it's a story of, over the last the weekend just passed and we'll go on to talk about tonight. We were making it easy for him. Yes, he pulled off a couple of good saves. But that's what he's, he's that's what he's paid to do. You know, he's a he's an elite league goaltender. He's guys played in the NHL as well, and, and uh, he's paid there to to stop the puck going in the net. We, as I said, we, Tuesday or sorry, last Wednesday night, we we just could not get anything going uh, in the second period. Yes, coming out and winning the third was was good. Um, and I think I mentioned that at the time, and I said that you know Adam always looks for the positives coming out of every game, and and you know going five nil down, he would have wanted to you know to put a, a stamp and, and and come out and win the final period, which they did. But at that stage, you know five nil down at home, the game's over. Um, yeah. I think you're you know you're three nil down. You should be literally somebody should be out there trying to grab this game by the throat um, and trail his teammates along with him. And that's one thing that I think we're we're sort of uh, lacking at the minute, and that is leadership. Um, you know, Adam talked about it there at the weekend with Joel in, in one of the interviews, um, and I think he's absolutely one hundred percent right. There's, you know, we we've had we 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 know we've got leaders in that room. There's there's absolutely no doubt about that. But it's going to take somebody to just, as I say, a situation like that. Do you go out and throw a big hit? Do you go out and just grab somebody by the throat and punch the face off and take a three plus five plus ten to get your teammates going? It happens, and you know you get motivation from things like that. Five nil down. I didn't see a way back, and to be honest, I was surprised we actually ended up scoring three goals. Um, but it goes to show that Garnett can be beaten, and it does go to show that you know we do have firepower in this team. But it just at the minute, every shot we seem to take is going straight into the goalkeeper's logo. Garnet can be beaten, and uh, I think that was shown by the Glasgow clan a couple of nights later uh, when the Panthers got stuffed by them at home. But David, you were you were sat next to Mister Kitchen on 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 comms, weren't you? And Hunter Bishop making his debut in that game and getting an assist, but overall, just just a difficult night for thirty minutes. Um, it was a heck of a game. Um, two real big teams, two slugging it out, blow for blow. I, I thought I think it was was it Frankie Shades and and Bishop started that game together says from memory. Like that, uh, yes, that, right. Yeah, that line created opportunities, and, and we created a lot of opportunities through that game. You know, Panthers were a bit probably a little bit more committed in terms of like, you know the block twenty shots on the night. We've threw seventy four shots in the direction of of Mike Garnett, and on the night, you know, where's where's my where's my little first first stuff for Joel. <laughs> um, you know we have we have a chance then by thirty two. We have we have thrown seventy four shots at their goal. With, oh yeah, <laughs> in, in terms of shots on shots off block, we have at seventy four. They have at forty two. We have out shot them by thirty two shots on the night, and we came out on the rough end of a pretty bad loss. Which what Simon's talking about is you know where we're putting these shots, how aggressive Mike Garnett was. And coming out of his blue paint, that the close shots down, and, and we weren't really moving the puck left to right, you know, to try and counteract that. It's a very easy game from the uh, the commentary box. You know, you stand there commentating on a game, and you can see things that you should have done that, should have done that. But you know, it's a lot different when you're down on the ice there. But um, you know, in terms of 
can I really rag this team over the weekend? You know, we'll, we'll come on to the five games and, and, and the similar kind of stats. You know, we created, we kept going. We seemed to let the wheels come off for about six, seven minutes at about the half hour mark. And we just dug ourselves, I think I might even say it on commentary with Simon, we've dug ourselves just too big a hole here. You know, you, the last time we got really, you know, schooled by the Panthers at home, Adam Keefe was on the ice. And I remember visiting, just what Simon saying there, he grabbed some, I can't remember who it was, and he had a bit of a ding-dong, and he turned around to the bench, and he was like, you know, before he threw the elbow pad up in the air, his trademark, you know, he's like, come on here, guys. And that is what we, we've talked about in our WhatsApp day after, you know, over the last over the last week from the Panthers game on and going into the weekend about not necessarily a lack of leadership in terms of, because that locker room is dripping in, in veteran leadership, in, in terms of someone on the ice saying, right, lads, you know, follow me, jump on my back here, this is what we're going to do. Going out there, a talisman, we just don't seem to have that quite. We're searching for chemistry, you know, he's, he's shuffling up the lines as often as he can here to, just to try and find something to click. But, you know, that, that brings its own its own problems with it as well. But, you know, you can be disheartened with, you know, the old Babcock. That's probably not a Babcock quote anyway, but too high with the high, too low with the lows. But, you know, as you said last week, you know, we're, we came on the podcast, we came on the commentary last Wednesday night buzzing. Best start in sort of 10 years. And obviously we've, <laughs> that's been knocked out of the park. Joel, I said as well, we had a problem in the Glasgow clan game. It was that opening period, three quick goals and that we we're having to fight our way back into the game. In that case, we did, as we spoke about last week, a lot of character. We fought our way back into the game. But once again, the Giants, and it's probably reflective of not just that, but the five games that we'll come on to, just little pockets of the game where we just shut down. It's actually quite difficult to talk about these games individually because it's almost the yeah. exact same narrative that's yeah. that's um, sort of persisted through all three. You know, um, it just seems to be that whole oh, same moment of madness, a period of madness per game where the floodgates just open and we are completely dominated by whoever we're playing. Um, to talk specifically about the Panthers game, you know. Um, that was the day Storm Alley was ripping through Northern Ireland and everybody was checking their phones and checking uh, the, the George Best for, for updates. And I really wish the flights had been grounded now with hindsight. You know, I, I came into the arena that night buzzing, as the boys say. Um, I was ready for a proper tilly. Uh, you know, Wednesday evening game, uh, usually quite flat, but I, I just thought, you know, this could be a, a classic in the making um, after all of the kind of hype around the, the Panthers in, in the offseason and preseason. And I mean, it started that way. Uh, straight off the draw, Stephen Murphy was challenged, but I thought he looked great. I thought it was a continuation of, of his previous win. Uh, Hunter Bishop, and me and Sis have, have sort of briefly discussed this, but I, I, I thought Hunter Bishop looked electric as soon as he touched the ice. Um, you know, we, we have talked at length also about his speed uh, and, and his hands, and, and I, I saw that. You know, I, I, thought, he was, uh, I thought he was electric, and, and he got the assist. Um, but the game as a whole, um, just, just not good enough. I mean, there's a difference between throwing pucks forward and creating meaningful offense. And at the minute, we're very much throwing pucks forward. There isn't a lot of creativity at the front. Um, the biggest issue that I have, as a, I mean, I, I can't remember the number of times this week where I have scribbled the word leadership and circled it uh, among every interview or whatever else. Um, but aside from that, I think a lot of our problems exist 
uh, at the back. Um, it's very easy. It's the simplistic boiled down approach to say, ah, Murphy was terrible. You know, best Grawani, we would have won those games. Don't believe so. I, I don't think so at all. Um, I think our D-men are playing soft. I think we're letting guys inside far too easily. Between guys skating the wings and coming across the front of goal and also players coming right up the gut, skating down the slot. All uh, Well, I, I mean, and I, and I don't have stats for this because obviously I bow down to Majimsi's uh, calculator, <laughs> but but it just it seemed to me like every goal we conceded was conceded up close. People are skating into our crease and they're either beating the goaltender. I just don't see that toughness from the, the D-lines. But I think if you could saw Adam Keith in half and, and keep half of him on the bench and half of him on the ice, we'd nearly have that issue solved. It is, just as the boys have said, it's that missing spark. It's somebody who's willing to haul the game on their back play a little dirty. I don't care if that's the thing that gets this team going. And that's almost what makes it more frustrating. The locker room is full of talent, phenomenal talent. We have no excuse to be as poor as we've been this past week. I think that's what nearly makes me more frustrated. Um, and it's telling in Adam Keefe's interview, and I know we'll get on to the next couple of games, but just how he talks about still looking for leaders. You know, the the every forum and every social media platform has been awash all week with people saying, you know, who are our captains? Who are assistant captains? It's sort of been a soft, uh, soft introduction to that side of things, and that's maybe you know we're, we're beginning to see why. You know, he's, he's waiting to see which one of those guys is deciding to pull it on his back and go. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm getting it all out of me on the first game, and I'm, I'm probably going to you know repeat these points, but just very frustrating week. I'm going to go through the, the stats for the uh, for the five games in a second, but before I do, just a quick word for Nottingham says, who you know they have been put down as being one of the strongest teams on paper. They were, they have. You know, I think they'd only lost to before before they went on to lose to, to Glasgow. They only lost to Cardiff. Um, they looked good defensively. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, you know, Garnett seems to have a bit more confidence this year than last year. I think Davey, uh, well, Davey did mention it on the webcast last week. He had said about, um, you know, he's the number one this year, whereas last year the two import goalies. And I think that's a big part of it. But defensively, I and mean, the big man wrestling's a really good player. Uh, we all know what Guy Lapine brings. Stevie Lee's steady. Um, the, uh, there's another guy there. can't remember his name. It's just um, left me at the minute. But defensively, I think they're very good. Offensively. I, to be honest, I I would definitely have our lineup instead of theirs, hundred percent on paper. Especially they seem to be firing at the minute, and we I mean the last three games we haven't been firing. But let's not get away from the you know we played four games to start of the season uh, where we won four in a row. Um, yes, you're playing against Scottish teams. One of those Scottish teams was Brayhead. Brayhead went in the, the National Ice Arena last week and or the weekend and taught um, Nottingham a lesson. So. Yes, we made them look very, very good. Do I think that they're going to come in and beat us 6-3 every week? There's not a bloody chance. Not a chance. We will get this right. I have no doubt about that at all. We will get it right. We need to tweak a few things around. Adam's doing his best to do that, and, and uh, I'm sure it'll, you know, he'll, he'll continue to do that until he gets some chemistry. Right this minute, we've got one line that's, that's, actually, that's actually doing anything. Dwyer, Johnner, and um, uh, Kyle Bond. That's it. The other ones are still trying to find their way. I think that, like the, the, the no Joel touched on the Hunter Bishop there, I, I think the Hunter's got a lot to prove. Um, you know, the first three games that he's come in, uh, and I, don't forget, he's missed a full preseason. A full preseason. 
So he's still got a lot of, of um, time, I believe. Beauvillier just needs a goal. I think if he gets a goal, he'll be, he'll be off and running. Um, and uh, Darcy Murphy, like Deborah Paddy, me, you and Davey sat here last year um, and we, we went through the uh, roster and we, we mentioned about Darcy Murphy and we were all concerned about him. Just goes to show what we know. He came up with 33 goals last year and I think he'll get firing as well. So it was very disappointing last Wednesday. It was even more so by the end of the weekend. Um, but I still think that this team has got a lot to offer and I do believe that, as I say, we, we just need a wee bit of a spark, whether that's through leadership or whether that's through a bit of luck coming off, puck coming off somebody's backside and into the net, we'll take it. Davy, I heard was that a, a bit of a, a chirp of agreement when Sid said about the Nottingham defence? Yeah, look, look Gita Ping was like a Rolls Royce last week. He, he, he's so he's got such great size. He moves so easy on the ice, and you know he, he eats up space and he closes gaps really quick. So guys think all of a sudden you've got him. They close it down and big Rizzling. I would say between the two of them, they probably played close on half an hour each. They were pretty much on the ice. On different shit, they weren't they weren't playing together. They were on the ice the whole sixty minutes. I would say very very close to it. They they just ate up so much ice time and and their quality. But you know, we gave the puck away. We were careless, and that's a kind of you know symptomatic of the three games as well. And 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 a lot of the start of the, even the games that we were winning, we're turning the puck over too easy. We're a wee bit cheap out of our own zone. You know, there's the time to chip it off a glass and and go for a line change or or get it deep in behind the other. The other day and go to work, you know, we're, we're very, very careless. We're throwing it up the middle of the ice an awful lot. And, you know, it's hard to say when when you see the stats that I have in front of me, we have dominated possession. We're, we're a puck possession team. It always has been one of our strengths. And when you dominate possession like that and and you come up with, where's, where's my thing, 227 shots we've had in the last three games. We're, we're given cumulatively the, the, I know it's Owen's played twice, but the three goaltenders. Sorry, Dave, how many? 227. Oh, right, okay, not all on target. No, so... Okay, fair enough. Not, not all on target, no. Um, but in terms of, like, the Panthers game with 74 shots, you know, Panthers have laid down and blocked 20 shots. That's the work that we're talking about, Simon, you know, of the other team compared to maybe we've blocked, I think, six shots in the game. Just the little things like that. If we up our intensity and, and you know, you're, I remember vividly that goal. I think there's three Giants round two Panthers down in the, down in the corner there. And the, the Panther walks out with a puck, and our three guys are frozen in the corner watching. I think Shades has to come in and make a desperation play, but too late. I think it's Ollie Better. He walks out of the corner and, you know, yeah. and scores a goal. It's little things. We're we're so close. You know, I, I, I've seen a three word weekend there, Paddy. I know you'll come on them, and you might even use this one where the guy, somebody says like something like the league's out of reach. I don't know how I many saw words that. I said that. I know. I <laughs> saw that. Nonsense. And I'm saying like there's, you know, there's friggin' there's 50, there's 57 league games to go here, something mm. stupid like that, you know. Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Don't get too happy, Pappy, and don't get too too hard on the guys either. We've we've done an awful lot of things right through those games, but we've went through periods of five, six, seven minutes within those games that we've thrown, just tossed the game away. Inside that, you know, you it's very cliche to say you yeah, need to play a sixty minute game. And we're not getting that sixty minute game. It's say if we're getting a forty minute game or forty five or fifty three minutes, you know, it's not enough because good teams punish you but as far as the Panthers go very very good goaltending not a riddle that can't be solved as you see the clan went and done it they're good at the back end we've shown on our special teams we've dominated in special teams that night mm. and up front I don't genuinely think they're anything special 
we got beat just a wee bit too soft. If we firm up and we do a bit of board work, like Simon's down training a day, you know, we, we toughen up a wee bit, bit, get a bit harder on people's sticks and and keep our details. There were times where, you know, guys were puck watching instead of player watching and it cost us goals as well. So doing the little basic things, Kiefer's going to be drilling into them here. We've got good players and they're not novices at this game. Things will be okay. The indication Jack. of that story, Paddy, is like across those three games, there were individual players and different players each night who stood out on their own. Like that Panthers game, Josh Roach, bar, bar Johnner's late goals, Josh Roach would have been man of the match that mm. night. Um, Guillaume Gillana, I thought, had a much improved game. He played a, a lot of minutes. Um, he was chasing pucks. There was a bit of grit about him. Um, I can't remember even which game it was. You know, He, he led a, a couple of soft goals. He let guys in close. But but on the whole, I think he's been much better than, than the first kind of a few games where we saw him and we sort of chatted about him. And then coming into the Flyers weekend, uh, Kyle Vaughn, I mean, what can you say? So, like, it's it's like you guys are saying, it's all there. The pieces are kind of swimming about, but they just haven't quite clicked together yet. But it's so early in the season. There's absolutely no reason for the sky to fall. It's frustrating, yes, but as as you boys have said, we'll come good. Harry, I said, sorry for jumping in. Um, <laughs> We're going to have to move it on at some point. Sit yeah, you well, there, Smith. <laughs> well, you know, we'll, we'll, I think we can move on after this, but... I oh, come on now. Thanks, Suze. Thanks. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Actually, you know what? Just move on now, you cheeky boy. I said it last Monday night that four in a row, four games out of four, <laughs> we're flying. Some people are getting carried away. It's far from it. Davies just touched on it. There's a long, long way in this season to go. We've lost the first two league games of the season, which is not ideal. Um, but... I reckon the boys will try and put that right this weekend. Let's give you stats for the Saturday and Sunday game. And we just continue. I've got a few more points to make. Uh, five flyers, both on Saturday and Sunday. In Saturday, it was in Kirkcaldy. Another blackout because, once again, the webcast didn't work. Um, yeah, well, what can you say? Advertised <laughs> it and then a black screen. Anyway, and because it didn't work, I don't believe it really happened. 4-2 to the five <laughs> flyers. Um John Furland opened the scoring for the Belfast Giants two and a half minutes into the game. No scoring in the second period and into the third. Another glut of goals, just like before. Um, Barry McKenzie, Evan Bloodoff, Brett Bulmer with two. Um, Blair Riley with just over two minutes left in the game. Give the Giants a little bit of hope, but the game was done. Stephen Murphy still in nets, 20 saves from 24 shots. The other side, the remarkable Shane Owen, 45 saves from 47 shots. Your referees for the game are Toby Craig and Alan Ward. And um, we'll also give you the stats for Sunday. The game will return to same two opponents, uh, sorry, same two teams, same result this time at the SSE Arena. 4-2 win for the Fife Flyers. Uh, Brett Bulmer, uh, opened the scoring about two, nearly three minutes into the game. Carlo Fanucci made a 2-0 before Cal Bond pulled one back for the Giants to end out the first period. Into the second period, Brett Bulmer with a, with a goal that's now on TSN, where he seemed to roof it while he was on his belly. Uh, then Kyle Bond made it 3-2 with the, on the power play before an empty netter from Paul Crowder rounded out the scoring of 4-2. In nets, Stephen Murphy, 15 saves, 18 shots. Shane Owen, 48 saves, 50 shots. And your referees for that game were Andrew Dalton and Chris Wells. Um, let's come back. You know, we'll... <laughs> Actually, David, I'm going to go over the whole weekend. One name that's come up time and time again is Stephen Murphy. The stats don't look too good for him over those three games. 
No, they don't look too clever, Paddy, but I think you have to be analytical about this too and and look at the goals that were conceded and, and you talk about defence being more than 2D men and goaltending is more than the guy between the pipes. Yes, there's goals there that Stephen Murphy probably slightly ring rusty, hasn't played too much in the last two years. You've got to mitigate slightly that he's just wide open, absolutely wide. You guys are walking in on him. We're coughing pucks up at, you know, the, the belly down bar up one where we're... we're we're talking, you know, we've given it away at the opposite blue line and we haven't made it back. A guy's gone in one-on-none, scored past them. There's a lot of the goals of the last, what was it, six, four, four, so 14 goals Marks conceded. I think there was a couple of empty netters, so 12 goals that he's conceded. You know, a good majority of them were one-on-nones where, yes, that's a bit of a lottery. Sometimes your goalie saves him, sometimes he doesn't. I don't think an awful lot of this blame. Stephen Murphy has to take his junk out blame like all the rest of the players will as well. The people that are coughing up soft pucks and giving those glorious grade A opportunities that me and Simon talked about when I was out for a walk last night, those really cutting edge chances, they're they're a lottery whether a goalie can save it or not. You know, just I don't think that there's an awful lot can be said about Stephen Murphy's performance. Says, agreed, absolutely agreed. Um, I mean, if you look at the uh, the game against Nottingham, yeah, I think he probably back. Um, there's one went through the legs from the, uh, I think it was that better inch one that came out. And I, I do think he'd want one of the other ones back as well. But, you know, again, if you look at the first period, he kept us in that game mm-hmm. uh, against Nottingham. Move on to the, the Saturday night against Fife. I watched the game back. I think Davey did too. We absolutely dominated the first 40 minutes. Completely dominated them. Our only problem was we scored one goal. Shane Owen, he was brilliant all weekend. You know, some of the CFC pulled off. He's absolutely no right to pull off. Um, but he played very, very well. I think, was that you tweeted last night or you sent a message last night? He faced 148 shots yep. um, in three games. 148 I mean, shots of the games against the Belfast Giants. Two games against the Belfast Giants and one against the Guildford Flames. That's at Hockey Laura on Twitter. Put that one up. That's That's unbelievable. I mean... I, I was never a goalie. I, I think I put the goalie gear on once and you'll never see me putting it on again because, you know, it, it, it does hurt. You know, you can hit with that puck. It does hurt. You know, if you're not, if you're not um, in the right position, you know, catch you in a, in a, you know, up around the shoulder, it does hurt. I mean, Dicko, Dicko got on the ice last Monday, um, took a, a puck off his shoulder, first shot in warm-up and, and practice, and he was straight off the ice and he didn't, didn't do anything else. Um, it does hurt. 148 of them, all right. Not all of them are in the chest and in the shoulders area, but he, he got man of the match on Saturday night, uh, Sunday night, sorry, Sunday afternoon in the SSE. And I can't remember the last time we give um, an away goalie the man of the match. He conceded, you know, he conceded the two goals. He was absolutely brilliant. <coughs> it was the best goalkeeping display that I've seen in a long, long time. Yes, we made it a lot easier for them than we should have. Um, we again, we we just the guys aren't picking their corners, and I know people say about you know holding the stick too tight. And I, I, I you know what? I just you've got to applaud the goalkeeper and that and uh, the goaltender in that uh, circumstance. I thought he was absolutely brilliant. He got the um, he got man of the match for the five flares on both games from both nights uh, against the Belfast Giants. Um, Joe, on a positive, the power play looks pretty sweet. 
yeah, I mean that's that's what we've been talking about. You know, mm-hmm. individual elements on any given night is are, are looking solid. Um, to be honest, it's normally the other way around. We uh, in the early stages of the season, we're talking about how we're offensively good, but we take cheap penalties and our disciplines off, and, and the power play is very static, and we're not uh, moving well on it or finding space. Definitely not the case this year. So it's it's about taking those positives away. Um, we are constantly dangerous on the power play. I think. On the flip side, we're taking too many penalties this early in the season. There, there are still issues in terms of the PK unit being out there a bit much, but um, I'm happy to take uh, positives like that. I just think that uh, the the rest of the product, as I mean, as I said earlier, I'm going to just repeat myself all night tonight because <laughs> it's the same story over and over. But the rest of those pieces are swimming around, and it'll take a matter. It's a matter of time before somebody pulls them all together. Um, the, the first night uh, away in Kirkcaldy, um, I, I only unfortunately got to see the 13-minute highlight video, um, and it wasn't until I talked to Sis after that uh, he sort of talked about we were dominant for 40 minutes. If you look at that 13 minutes, they, they might not be good at webcasts, but they're fantastic editors because we look like absolute <laughs> garbage. Um, it was just absolutely nothing. And again, the, the single-period meltdown. Um, to give credit to Todd Dudiam, you know, I had a chat with him last week um, just about... Uh, his belief in the team, you know, he he, re- he retained a lot of of those guys like Bloodoff, Finucci, um, getting Shino on back. I think is probably the biggest move that they've made in the off season. But he had belief in that team, and and if he had his choice over the two, he said he wanted the home win because the fans there deserve it, um, and and he definitely got it, and then some. If you want to hear that interview with uh, with Todd Dudium, it's excellent. It's on KingdomOfGiants.com. Check it out. Um, Davey, coming back to topic, we have we have touched it as well, but in the post game and when Joe went down to speak to him on I went to speak to Adam Keith on um Sunday, there was the talk about leadership, there is talk about that, you know, and no man other than Adam Keith is uh, is akin to know exactly what the criteria is to be a captain. No one and it's 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 a lot more than just uh, what you do on the ice, it's what you do in the locker room, what you do at training and and what you do around the community and all, all those things gather in. But at the minute, much more than a captain, we, we need that leader. You know, it doesn't necessarily need to be somebody with a letter stitched to their jersey or sublimated in as cookie do now. But, um, you know, it needs to be somebody that can be that talisman, can be the go-to. It's going to score the points, going to score the goals, going to, you know, going to lift through that big hit that Simon's talking about, you know, fairly for for what he does there, you know, just throws that body constantly and he leads the way in that hitting competition just week in, week out, you know, because he's just he's he goes out there and just hits everything moving and that, that little competition could get going and you know it's something that players would should want to try and emulate. But you know, I just to come back to a couple of stats like that on on the Panthers game there just to give you an indication of how dominant we were across the two performances. We can go for it. Thank you. Across the two nights, <laughs> across the two nights, home and away against Fife, we have thrown 154 shots. Now, some blocked, etc. Fife have managed at the, the opposite end 71. So we've outchanced them in terms of creativity and chances. Actually, pulling the stick back and shooting at Owens 83 more times than they've shot at Murph. That tells me. That you know, statistically, we should have eight goals. You know, if you're if you're shooting eighty shots, a good goalie saves nine out of ten shots. You know, and, and you say that he has a very good night. You know, we have five or six goals there that we're just not converting. Um, so that's that's the key. The key is just to start converting opportunities because the opportunities are being made. And it's just, as Simon says, forwards need to pick corners. D men need to hit the target and let those forwards 
go for the touch ends and that. I was talking to somebody the other day there about how frustrating it is when you dig in in front of the net and you get your possession and the D-man comes up and he rips it six feet wide on that. Those D-men have to start hitting the target and those forwards have to get into those dirty areas. We have to be willing to get dirty in here. Nobody gets dirty for anybody else. The only people that can get dirty is yourself. And you've got to go and you've got to be the man. You know, you've got to you've got to say, I'm going to be the man tonight and you follow me. So every player in that locker room has to step up. Maybe something we're going to put to Colin Shields when we speak to him later in the show. If you want to see highlights, the game reports, the post-game interviews, all available, kingdomofthegiants.com and on our SoundCloud, soundcloud.com forward slash AVFTB. Before we go to Colin Shields and hear some of the interviews that Simon did down at training, a quick word, word quick little, oh, quick word for our sponsor, Beer52, the UK's number one beer order club. Um, if you enjoy your craft beer, it's the place to go. And if you sign up at beer52.com forward slash AVFTB, you'll get the first box for free this month. Oh, the theme of the box is Oktoberfest. So a lot of German beers from a lot of German places, including Heller Honigbock, which is made from bees. Bees honey, not made from bees. They're made, <laughs> made from, bees. from bees. Wow. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Made from the honey from bees gathered by hand from a beer beekeeper around Munich. So yes, beer52.com forward slash AVFTB. And thanks very much to those lads for their sponsorship and their cooperation here with a view from the bridge. Um, like I said, we're going to hear from Colin Shields in a bit, but Simon got down to training. We'll hear in a bit from Adam Keefe. But first up, here's Kendall McFall and Guillaume Janos. Kendall, um, just having a chat with you regarding the season so far. Seven games in, uh, the first four you get off to a flyer. Uh, last three, not so much. What do you think is, uh, has been the challenge with the last three games? I think it's finding ways to stay consistent and to put pucks in the net. I mean, we watched a video this morning and we saw that we had a lot of turnovers that cost us goals. And when we, ca- we need to capitalize on other teams' turnovers, we're kind of getting those chances, just you know, not find a way to score at opportune times. I think it's kind of costing us. You know, Nottingham uh, came into Belfast, went to 4-0 up, and then we conceded three goals in the next game as well, pretty quickly. Is it, is it mentally as well as, as uh, obviously just literally maybe a bit of concentration? Yeah, I think so. I think it's starting on time is all concentration, and it's kind of one of those things that once it happens, once it kind of is in the back of your head, and you know, we just got to flush that clean and start with a clean slate and not really worry about it. Moving into this weekend, uh, two games against Dundee. First game at home, Friday evening, uh, Saturday night. You've already faced them a couple of times this season. What sort of challenge are you expecting? I mean, it's going to be a good challenge. They've been playing really well lately, too, so I mean, I think it's one of those things, but Friday night, right from the get-go, we got to make sure we're ready to play and you know, f- find a way to work our way out of this uh, little mini slump we're in and just take the weekend from there. First year's pro. Um, how are you settling in? Oh, it's been good so far. You know, I mean, it was a quick learning curve uh, when I first got in here for camp. But, I mean, the guys have been awesome to help help me through that. And it's kind of nice having a lot of time on your hands. You know, practice in the morning, be able to watch some video and stuff and kind of really work on my game, which is something I haven't, haven't been able to do in the past. You seem to be the last guy off the ice in most practices. Um, is that just your, your mentality, your, your work ethic? I mean, I think that's something when I came in here, I realized that with not having school, like I've had the last five years to worry about after practice, it's like, why not use this free time to uh, to get better? And I mean, with with nobody on the ice after us, I mean, there's no better time to go out there and work on the little skills I normally wouldn't get a chance to work on. You play golf as well? I do. Yeah, I've been out a few times. Unfortunately, my golf game over here hasn't been hasn't been that great. I've yet to find uh, yet to find my swing over here, but I'm uh, looking forward to keep trying. 
Jelly, uh, after a disappointing weekend, uh, well, disappointing week three, lost in three games, you're up against Dundee again this weekend, um, home on Friday night and away on Saturday. What sort of changes do you think you guys are going to make before uh, this weekend? I mean, we just have to simplify our game as much as we can and work hard. I mean, we've worked hard, but we, uh, we I think we made too many turnovers and bad decisions with a puck, so we just have to simplify, play deep in their zone and uh, work hard, shoot the puck on net and uh, put some traffic in front of the net. So, I mean, it's it's just basic, but we need to do it more. Do you think it's because it is a younger group this year? And obviously, uh, with yourself defensively, you've got Kendall McFall, Josh Roach. These are young guys coming into, well, you've played a couple of pro years, but young guys coming into the league. Do you think it's maybe a bit of naivety as well? I mean, it's, you could be an old guy, you could be a young guy. I mean, it's, everybody's on the same level right now, so we just have to mature, be mature about it and uh, do our job. I mean, everybody needs to look, look in the mirror and uh, see what, what kind of job they're doing and uh, what they can do better and just apply that during the games. This weekend, um, big crowd expected in Belfast on Friday night and then a, another a long journey across to Dundee. What sort of challenge do you think Dundee's going to pose this weekend? I mean, they work really hard. Uh, I think we can't. We can't think it's going to be an easy game because we've we've not playing. We're not being that team right now. We need to we need to work harder than them. I mean, that's a that's a team that wants to win, that that can prove themselves, that want to prove themselves, and uh, we need to to make sure we we face them and that we work harder than them. We've proven that we can win. Uh, we won the first four games of the season. It's a mini slump. Um, expecting to finish that this weekend. Oh yeah, for sure. I think the guys are, are tired of losing and they, they want to win. And uh, I mean, we're home, so uh, we want to show the fans too that we can win. And uh, we love when the the building is packed, so we need to show them a win. Oh. Adam, um, three losses in three games. Um, disappointing week for you. Um, guys back on the ice again this morning, looking to rectify uh, mistakes that they've been making. Um, how are you putting your message across? Uh, we we did video this morning and talked about it. Um, like I said, I, I thought Sunday the effort was there and uh, for a full sixty, uh, but mentally we're still making just our own choice, like our own decisions with the puck and uh, unforced errors. You know, those are the things that are are biting us. And obviously, with the, the uh, lack of offense as well. But I mean, you score two goals, you can win a game if you if you. Uh, do the right things defensively and we weren't doing those things so we talked about that we showed uh, examples and um, and we get back to the basics on the ice you know working hard and, and that's the only way to work yourselves out of something like this is you got to dig deeper and you got to go to those dirty areas and you got to work hard I mean that's it I mean nobody's coming to save the day you know this is on us and um, I'm confident we'll get that done. I think uh, you know there's a lot of positives out of the games, even the games that we lost that I've seen that I like from this team. Uh, we just got to we got to put together a complete game, and that doesn't just mean effort; that means uh, mentally. You've got a chance to do that uh, coming this Friday night, Dundee at home on Friday night, and then uh, back-to-back games against Dundee. You're heading over there on Saturday. Uh, you've already had the uh, success against Dundee this year, but you know Omar Pasha's team is going to be up for it and uh, coming into Belfast, and, and they're going to take those two points away. Yeah, I'm sure they're getting better uh, as well, and uh, you know we've already played them. We understand that, that they can certainly be if you're not. Uh, at your best for a full 60 and like I said that doesn't just include effort you know we need to be stronger mentally and execute better um, and that comes from 
uh, being ready from the start and, and having your mind in it and, and being crisp and, and doing every that starts right now. You know, it starts with getting proper sleep, proper rest, and uh, making sure your body's ready and, and your mind's ready. Thanks for going down to training and doing that. Simon Wright, we move on and we talked a little bit about him earlier on that he was coming on. It's the all time top point score for the Belfast Giants. A man, no, no stranger to a view from the bridge. How are you, Colin Shields? Evening, fellas. Always a pleasure. Um, let's start with the difficult one. Three games, three defeats in the last week. How's it been taken in the room? Yeah, probably not sort of what we expected. I thought, um, you know, given maybe the first period against Bread, I thought the first four games, certainly the Challenge Cup, we, we controlled most of the games we played. We played some good hockey. We, uh, we controlled the tempo of the games and we, we played our game and then, uh, you know, as you said, we ran into, you know, a good Nottingham team who, you know, had to play quite a few more league games and maybe played some other teams that we hadn't faced, uh, in the league and, uh, got ourselves into trouble. You know, I thought in the first period, in the first kind of half of the game, I thought it was back and forth. And in the second period, I thought we had some good chances as well. And then, um, you know, you give a good team like that some, some great A scoring chances, they're going to make you pay. You know, as he did, and then um, you know the lot the games on the weekend against Fife. Uh, obviously, you, you can say we ran into a hot goaltender, but I think we've got to try and keep finding ways to try and solve that. And uh, but you know, you got to give them some credit too. They played a good game. They played a patient game. Uh, the, you know, they packed it in well. They, their goaltender played excellent, but also their defense. Like they they made it tough for us to get to the net and you know he was making the first save and, and sometimes the second save but even then it was their defense were getting your sticks up off the ice they were they were getting in your face and they'll make it difficult for you to to get there for the second and third chances so um obviously disappointing we wanted to get off to a better start in the league and you know but there's there's another you know 60 games this year so it's a long way to go and um you know a win's a, a win no matter t- what time it is in the year and, and i say a loss and a loss but i think that you know, we're a team that's we got a deep team and a team that will rebound well. And, you know, we just got to sort a couple of things out and uh, I think we'll be fine. One of the interesting things, um, we've spoke about this, but one of the interesting things going right back as well to the Glasgow clan game, are these short gluts of goals against that when one scored, maybe another two or three come quick. When that happens to you, when you're on the bench, you know, what's the attitude there? How, how, how do you find the, you, you guys found a character in the, in the clan game to come back quickly and, uh, and overcome it, but found it a little bit more difficult when coming back against the Panthers or the Five Flyers? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know how many, we'd have to ask David the stat man, but how many times have you done <laughs> three go- three goals do you, do you come back and usually win? Probably not very often in, in any league. So, you know, that's something you don't want to make a, make a habit of. But, um, I, you know, you could say we, we got lucky against Brad, but, uh, you know, it was one of those ones where we were pretty relentless. We kept getting to the net, kept chances, and, then, and that night it went in. But if you keep digging yourself holes like that, you're not going to be able to get yourself out of it for the most part. And, uh, you know, anytime you give up a goal, those next couple of shifts right after, I think are really important. And, you know, maybe because we've got a lot of new guys, it's, it's early in the season. I think you have to almost try to weather the storm a little bit. It's one of those things where just because you gave up a goal, it doesn't mean you have to go out to the next shift and score a goal right away. It's almost like, okay, that team's kind of buzzing a little bit. They've got a little bit of momentum. You just have to try and weather the storm. Maybe try and keep things a little bit simple, get the puck out of your zone, get it into their zone, and try and flip the switch and get a little pressure onto them. Whether whether they got a lucky goal, whether you had pressure on them prior to that, doesn't really matter. I think you just have to try and manage it a little bit. 
sheds. There's been a lot of uh, talk on social media about the leadership group um, and captains or assistant captains and or lack of uh, to a certain extent. And is that a problem as a player? Is that is that uh, when you're sitting in your locker room? Is there guy? Obviously, we know there's a core uh, group of leadership in there, but is it a problem? Is there guys not um, taking that leadership role and maybe just grabbing it by the throat? Um, no, I, I, I saw something in the media that Kiefer commented on that, but I, I don't think that's an issue. I think we've got more than enough leaders on our team. We've got guys that played in the NHL, 500 games, Jim and, and Patty, 400 games, and guys that have played in top leagues all over Europe and, and a lot of experience. And even the younger guys we've, we've got, even the young guys right out of the university have played on some, some very good teams. So I don't think that um, leadership's a problem. I think maybe just, as I said, probably managing uh, ourselves on the bench or on the ice at certain times, I think is, you know, is, uh, maybe, maybe somewhat, not, not an issue. It's just something we got to sort of clean up a little bit and make sure that we sort of calm down when it's time to calm down and, and ramp it up when it's time to ramp up. And, uh, you know, it'd be nice to say, oh, yeah, someone take the bull by the horns. And what are you going to go out there and go end to end and <laughs> score a goal? But, um, you know, I mean, we had lots of pressure on, on Sunday and Fife and lots of chances, but, you know, when it doesn't go in, it doesn't go in, and and uh, sometimes that's going to happen. So um, any other night, those can go in, but it's the results-based business, and um, at the end of the night, it doesn't really matter how many shots you had or how many chances. If, if you lose the game, you lose the game, and that's the end of it. Shads, it's Joel here. Listen, I don't want to talk about the week. Uh, we've spent a long time on the show so far tonight, dissecting everything, uh, and I think everything's been said. So this is normally the part of the show, by the way, where I would sh- like jump in with uh, some of the hilarious questions that are posed to me on the <laughs> Belfast Giants Facebook forum. But um, unfortunately, this week I was sensationally blocked for <laughs> calling it, <laughs> for, for calling it a, a bastion of, of sense and sensibility or something like that. So listen, don't cry because it's over. Smile because it happened. 2018 to 2018, I'll never forget you. But um, oh, I was, baby. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, I, I, w- I want to just take a walk with this one tonight. Um, I was uh, on your Elite Prospects page before we started tonight, just taking a look at your earlier career. Um, and something I've always been kind of interested in and always wanted to chat about is sort of your first experiences of moving away from home. Because obviously you were uh, you were a teenager. You were, you were just a kid whenever you went out uh, to North America to play. And um, how, how was that? I mean, I mean your, your, your Elite Prospects, says Notre Dame and Kitchener um, but the first recorded games are with Cleveland when was it that you moved away and, and what was that experience like you know going over there being a Scottish teenager in this foreign world having probably a billet and um, what are your memories of that well first of all if that was your pitch to get back on the Facebook forum I think you're <laughs> 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 You've got no chance on there. I don't think you can have media, members of the media on a Facebook forum anyway, but... Apparently you can. Definitely not a chance you're getting back on there now. But... Um, I <laughs> yeah, totally different, I guess, even from now, for a teenager moving away from home. I'll try and keep it sort of short. Cause it is a long story. But when I, in 1994, when I was 14, um, I was playing hockey in Scotland, playing for Glasgow, Paisley, just basically trying to get on the ice as much as I could. And my dad was coaching the Paisley Pirates team at that time. So um, there was a couple of guys that played on that team that were imports uh, who got us in touch with Notre Dame, the hockey school, uh, boarding school in Saskatchewan. Uh, so that got me in there. So I went there for one year, moved away from home. Basically, my mom and dad had spoken to them on the phone. 
probably transferred money to pay for the school. But literally, I flew to <laughs> Regina, Saskatchewan, and then Notre Dame Wilcox, which is places 30 miles from there, complete middle of nowhere. Um, <laughs> you know, no cell phone, nothing. Just I go there with a the name of a person, you know, and I get a taxi from the airport to this place 30 miles away. Don't know one per, not one person there. Um, and just show up on a Sunday, like with my bags and like, yeah, this is I'm calling here. And, and it was funny because the only reason I got in, because obviously they only have so many spots, right? For the school. So I was in going into grade nine, which is the first year of high school. So say they had, I don't know, 50 grade niners or whatever. So there's a separate dorm for all the grade niners. So I show up on the Sunday and the people are like, oh, there's no one here. All the people that work here are away. So there's these, they call them old boys, basically seniors who kind of look after the young kids or whatever when, when the, there's no people that actually work there. And they're like, someone's like, oh, no, no, uh, I can't remember this guy's name. I think his name was, nickname was Sauce. So he goes, oh, no, no, <laughs> Sauce got booted. Remember, this is the kid that's replacing him. And I'm like, Sauce? Who the hell is this Sauce kid? So it turns out this Notre Dame, if you look it up, Basically, no. it's like a hockey factory or like a boarding school for kids that are kind of bad. And their parents like send them to the middle of nowhere and that's it. So that's your two demographics at Notre Dame. It's like kids who are smoking cigarettes at like 13 years old and drinking or hockey players. So apparently this kid's sauce, grade 9, 14, broke into the dining hall, stole like this two foot long salami sausage and took it back to the dorm. <laughs> And got booted out of the grade nine dorms and had to go into like this bad kid dorm with all these other seniors and stuff. So, oh, yeah, yeah, he's, the guy, he, he's got sauces bad. He's in room four down the hall. A couple of seasons ago. Do you remember the so teddy bear toss night? I was in. Uh, do you remember the teddy bear toss night like two or three years ago when somebody threw an entire salami onto the ice oh, in Belfast? Do you think that was him? Do you think that was sauce? He's bad. He's bad. So he's, the reason my hockey career turned out the way it was because of this sauce guy. But anyway, so uh, I played I played there for a year, and it's it's a long way from home. I mean, you got to take like two or three flights. Uh, really tough. I mean, you're you're making phone calls with the, with the calling card or collect calls. And uh, the next year, when on when moved on to Kitchener, Ontario, there's a guy, one of the guys who played with my dad. He was coaching a junior B team there, and he said, "Come on out here, you can stay with me and and, and play on the midget team." So I played a year midget there. Um, and then from there, just sort of moved on, just sort of played for the junior B team after that for a year or two, um, and then progressed on. So you get recruited. I, I, such a small world, the hockey world, a hockey camp that I used to go to in Northern Ontario. The guy who used to work there, he, he used to play back for Glasgow Dynamos back in probably like seventies or eighties. And he, uh, oh, it's insane. So small. And then he, his uh, one of the other coaches at that camp. His he was working in Cleveland as assistant coach. Went down to Cleveland, uh, decided that I wanted to try and get a scholarship. Uh, you know, played a couple years down in Cleveland, got a scholarship, got drafted, and the rest is sort of the rest is history. Elite, elite, well, an elite prospect. I'll tell you the rest. Shares <laughs> if we, if you just sticking with that kind of story, I, I've got a question about the weekend but before we go there the, if you stick with that story the amount of kids even from Northern Ireland you know guys that have played for the Junior Giants and girls indeed that have played for the Junior Giants now taking a punt across the pond would you advise that's a good not even a good career but a good life experience go and do it while you're young play the hockey if it doesn't work out for you come home whatever but at least go and take the opportunity yeah, I mean, it's it's sort of a no-brainer. Like, if you had the opportunity to go play a sport which you love, no matter 
you know, where in the world, whether it's in Canada, North America, or, or in Europe or something. I mean, it's, if, if your parents have the ability to, I was very fortunate. My parents have always worked extremely hard and managed to give me the opportunity. And they've went with, without a lot of times when I was growing up to make sure that I had that opportunity to go over there. And, and it's no joke, like it's expensive and it's almost getting worse now because I think there's so many more hockey academies and, and places, uh, you know, even places like, like Brandon Bendick works and it's expensive to, to, for kids to go there and go to school and, and play hockey. And, uh, you know, but it's great that kids from here are going to kids from Northern Ireland. and It's fantastic to see. And you never know. I think it's, I think just with the way the hockey is in the UK, we've talked about this on, podcast before there's just not that developmental step when kids get to that 15 16 age where they can play junior hockey or um get the ice time or the coaching or the nothing away from the coaching here obviously but but the full-time coaching and the ice time and the the training to make that jump from being a 16 17 year old prospect to trying to be a pro because it's a ridiculously big jump and and as you've seen with you know it's just you just can't make that jump you've got to you go play junior and then you, and if you can't uh, play major junior, you've almost got to try and play college, and, and it's almost a no-brainer, as you said, for life experience. And uh, my dad always said to me when I was younger, he, he sort of said, you know, you've got the rest of your life to to work another job or to be a, work whatever job. I mean, obviously now I own a business and I'm be a trainer and coach and things, but um, he said you might as well do it now because you're only young once and, and you can work till sixty-five or whatever, doing whatever as you whatever else, but you only get one shot at this. Well, as as you know, over the last six months, your dad still hasn't slowed down. He's, he's still, still, yeah. still, 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 still working his, his backside off for you. So that's, you know. It's, I took it's, him it's for nice. granted on that and, and made sure he said, I said, well, you said you're going to work till 65. So I said, uh, <laughs> get you over to the house here and get some work done. It's funny because he's going to America tomorrow. And uh, for the podcast listeners that don't know, my brother, actually, he's 10 years younger. And he was a hockey goalie in Scotland growing up. But when he was 14, 15, turned out to be a pretty legit golfer. And he got a golf scholarship to University of North Carolina. And then he, uh, he played four years golf, uh, the NCAA golf over there. And since then, is was retired from golf. He's married to an American girl. He's just finished his PhD and works at University in North Carolina. So my parents are going there tomorrow. And I spoke to my dad right before this. And I said, oh, I heard you got some work work going on at the house over there. He's like, what? My mom's <laughs> just like, he's like, what? He's like, oh yeah, I forgot to tell you, uh, David needs his bathroom like rebuilt or something. So for the listeners, my dad used to be a builder back in the day. So he's uh, he's going on holiday for ten days. He's got a rebuild house project to do another one. Uh, uh, and of course, for for people who who maybe don't know, the the brother actually turned out for the chance in a legit Good. game once once Good. upon a time. Didn't get didn't get on the ice. Good, didn't get on the ice, but um, he, he did get suited up back, back when when all our goalies went injured within within about yeah. a week of each or, or a period of each other. But anyway, we, we bring it back to the last week, and, and you're talking about solving the riddles of goaltenders and solving the riddles of Sam was talking earlier about hitting the hitting the, the goaltenders badge with the puck. Over the last three games, you asked for a few stats: two hundred and thirty-five opportunities we had on goal, as opposed to our opposition, one hundred and thirteen. In terms of shots, block shots, missing the target, like we're out chancing. Yes, <laughs> you know, we're, we're out, we we have out chanced the Panthers and five twice over two to one, and you know you can't put it all down to hot goaltending. What do you guys do in practice? What do you do when you're away from from the rink? You know to solve that riddle going into Dundee this weekend. You know we can't come up with 
the same stats this weekend. Something has to change. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, especially early on because, you know, the coaches may be trying to find new line combinations or things that work or things, uh, you know, to try and get the team going. And it's one of those things we just got to try and keep putting shots on net, keep, keep trying to get to the net for getting those second or third opportunities. And it's one of those things I think when things aren't going well, if you get an opportunity, you're thinking, just hit the net, just hit the net, just hit the net. Where things are going well, you know, you've the puck just seems to sit flat on your stick and you've got tons of time and you can pick a corner and you're not worried about if, you, if you're trying to go top corner and you put it over the net because it, if you're going top corner, it's going in or he's making a great save. Whereas, as I said, if it's not going well, you're thinking like, well, I better not miss the net here. So you just maybe ease off your shot or you just you don't ease off your shot, but you, you're just trying to hit the net and then all of a sudden it's in his chest and his and the whistle's getting blown. So, I mean, it's it's one of those ones where you've just got to keep going. Sometimes it goes like that. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, Fife did a good job. Like, if you look at the, the chances and the opportunities, like, they boxed out well. And then, and then obviously, the worse it seems to go, the more you squeeze your stick and the more you start second-guess yourself and the puck bobbles on you and uh, you think you've got more time and then you just you end up messing it up. And it's, it's not easy. I mean, it's, it's, it's a lot different between, you know, standing in front of that and practice and taking passes and, Bearing at the empty net as opposed to uh, in a game where there's, well, I was going to say nine guys chasing you, but there's actually only five on the other team. But, you know, there's guys chasing you trying to get the puck off you. So, I mean, there's only one puck out there. And, you know, when you're out there, you just got to try and bear down your chance as much as you can. And and uh, sometimes it's those greasy, dirty ones that the second opportunities, the rebounds, the ones that sort of squeak in. And when it's going your way, it, it seems to bounce off everything and go in the net. And uh, as I said, when it's not, it, it really doesn't, you know. I'm going to wrap it up, uh, Sheds, with one more question. It's something that, you know, you're talking about, you know, your dad working as long as he has and, and your, your, we've talked about your own career in the past, your own career in the future, right? We hope you, you know, you don't finish playing for quite a while. Obviously, uh, TPF, uh, Total Performance Fitness are the kind sponsors of the post-game interviews. No problem. Post-game interviews <laughs> that you get on soundcloud.com forward slash AVFTB. So you've got your business as well. And, and that will obviously have an input, not just, to the ice hockey, we see the fantastic work with regards to the girls and the Irish hockey team that went to the World Cup final. Is that where your focus is, or are you going to have, you know, are you, do you think you'll always be around the game of ice hockey? Uh, I guess it's kind of hard to say right now. Um, the, the basically the thing with the business was I've always sort of been involved in training, going back to my days in California. I was living in California and in, and in Canada in the summers and training uh you know university and then mentoring under some trainers in california and then when i came back to belfast uh, i already had some experience <coughs> with that training athletes and and um started out just that as like a summer sort of project training the guys that lived here and then training some youth athletes and then it just sort of spiraled from there on out um i hadn't really planned on starting a business full-time until i retired and it was one of those things where i said okay well you know, start a Facebook page and put it out there and, and see and just got a great response and, and things sort of just snowballed from there. Um, the point where, you know, I was doing it full time in the summer, part time during the season and to the point where I opened my own facility. Um, but I mean, as of right now, that business is continuing to grow. I've got a, a great employee, Reese, uh, working there and, and we're actually going to open up our, it's a good plug, actually a huge plug right now. We're going to open up our uh, internship program again uh, where Reese before Reese used to be a junior giant player and now he's full time at TPF and he also coaches the under twelves I believe uh, junior giants team 
and he's, he started as an intern with us for one summer and now he's a full-time employee. So we're uh, at the point now where we're going to open up the internship pro- a program again, hoping to bring someone else on, someone who's looking to get into the training world and sort of be a part of what we're building there. But it was one of those things where, as I said, I'm sure my wife didn't plan on me working two jobs for the last four or five years either, but she knows that, and we both know that long-term, you know, it's hockey career is pretty short and we're not making, uh, you know, unfortunately we're not making Wayne Rooney money or, or Sidney Crosby money. It's, it's when the, you know, the hockey's over. It's almost, you need to have something else lined up, uh, you know, to pay the bills and to, to keep you going. So it's, it's one of those things where I'm fortunate enough to have been able to do that. Um, Cause I know the guys that I played with in the past are, are literally the top from um, a lifestyle you're, you're used to working for eight, nine months of the year. And then, and, to have the support of Claire and also my parents as well, you know, and helping start the business and be involved in hockey. But that lines up now. I'm not sure. It's one of those things where after I'm finished, you know, maybe as far as the strength coach side of things, um, working with the guys this year has been great. The last couple of years on all the off-ice training, it's been fantastic. And, and this year, the guys have been great too. And uh, through training camp and so far this year, helping them out with the workouts. I'd be able to help them out and, and help them sort of back from injuries or help keep them in shape. It's been good so far. But, I, but yeah, basically, it's one of those things. I don't know. We'll have to see when uh, when things uh, kind of finish up where, where, where things will lay. Fantastic. Well, listen, we'll let you go. Thank you very much for your time. I know a couple of big games this weekend to try to get back on uh, back into the swing of things against Dundee in the league. But uh, we really appreciate your time. Thanks, guys. Always a pleasure. And uh, see you around the ring. Thanks again to Colin Shields. Always great value having sheds on. Um, right, let's have a look around the league and we'll start with... Docs. 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 Dogs. <laughs> Who's singing along? <laughs> <What's>, <laughs> that, that never gets old. It never <laughs> does. Never does. And do you know that Todd Kelman didn't actually know he was on that until it was played? Did you when we did when we put together the Statman one? I sent him the Statman. He was like, "I don't know why I'm part of your jingles." And I says, "Well, you're part of the Dops one." I sent him that. And he went, "That's me." I went, "Yep, that's you." <laughs> Davey put that together. <laughs> anyway, right, two two things from Dops. Um first off, Rehard Griggers of the uh of Milton Keynes Lightning suspended for one game for headbutting in an incident against the Coventry Blaze. And also the Glasgow Clans Michael Goodvold was suspended for one game for slew footing following an incident against the Guildford Flames. Um Davy, have you seen either of these incidents? Yes, Paddy, seen them both. And to be honest, there's not an awful lot. The first one, headbutt, it's, it's a kind of example call here. You know, headbutt and you can't have it in the game. One game banned, kill your jets, don't be doing it again. The slew footing for me is probably worse because it's the one you can't defend yourself against. We've had it in one of our own games this season. It's something that needs outlawed from the game. One game for me um, is a bit soft on slew footing, but Dops have, have put that down and that, that guy goes down as a repeat, repeat offender for the rest of the season. Uh, yeah, the headbutt seemed just like a bit of a lean in headbutt. There's nothing really to it. One game, like you said, I think it's an example been made of him. The slew fit. Well, I've not seen that, so I'll take I'll take your word on that. Any other comments from <laughs> you, other two gents? Uh, I, I unlike Davey, I don't get to watch every single game every weekend. So unfortunately, I haven't seen it. Sorry, guys. 
Well played, though, David. That's amazing. <laughs> Simon? Nah, I didn't even look at him. Didn't even bother. All right, that's the sort of insight you get from here on a view from the bridge. <laughs> Thanks, David. <laughs> um, couple other things I've got on around the, on the around the league section. There's a few other bits, few bits and pieces that happened over the over the weekend, but of course, it all seems to focus around one place. But before we come to our good friends in South Yorkshire, um, we mentioned it earlier on. The the Glasgow clan went into Nottingham and gave them a thumping. Um, Joel, unexpected to be honest. Well, unexpected, but also, I mean, we had the chats in, in the off-season and in the preseason about how Glasgow were that unknown kind of quantity this season. Uh, P. Russell, uh, I've said it before, everything he touches seems to turn to gold, and I, I genuinely did have them pegged as, as a dark horse, maybe not for silverware um, outside of the conferences, um, you know, maybe not for the league or, or, or the Challenge Cup. Uh, you never know what happens in the playoffs, but they definitely will be a threat to anyone on any given night. That's a team with a lot of quality and a lot of fierceness. Um, that's a difficult building to go into and get a result out of, you know, especially much bigger arena, big crowd, uh, Panthers riding the kind of wave of of momentum under Rich Shurnamaz and the new kind of era. But, you know, the clan are, are in a bit of a new era of their own. And uh, it's, you know, it's something that we've talked about also before, you know, uh, disrespect or underestimate any team on any given night in this current form of the Elite League, and you will be humbled. Um, but I don't think that's the only scalp the clan are going to take, give them credit. I think, I think they've got a great squad, um, and they're just going to keep taking those kinds of points on, on big nights whenever you would imagine that uh, the, the I was going to say bigger teams, but the teams you would expect to win um, maybe will slip up and, and underestimate. Um, says the Cardiff Devils went into Coventry and took a, a thump, sorry, to give the Blazers a thumping, but um, the Blazers are suffering a little bit because Mika Wigman, who came in to, to, to take over in Nets, wasn't able to, to ice, and Jordan Headley's in Nets there, and I think he is for the next few games. Yeah, and then from all intents and purposes, reading the, the tweets and what have you about uh, Headley, he's done a good job. So, I mean, the Cardiff Devils are stacked again this year and, and uh, they'll be a match for absolutely anybody on any given night. Um, but uh, Coventry, Coventry's a real weird one. I mean, 10 years ago, they're, you know, arguably the best team in the consistent uh, team in the league and they've just faded away and, I don't want to speak too soon because we play them in a couple of weeks' time. But, yeah. You know, they, um, they they just, you don't know what team's going to turn up um, on any given night for them. Um, they do have some really good players and, and on paper they should be better than what they are. And I know they went out on uh, Sunday night and they beat Milton Keynes, but in all fairness, I mean, you put us four in a, in a kit, the minute we we'll probably give Milton Keynes a good game. Um, <laughs> they, but you know, Coventry for me are, are uh, uh, I think again they they really do need to start getting going, and um, we all know what Vickman can do when he plays, and uh, if they get him back and, and playing well, they've they've got a chance to win games. But um, they've still got Kevin Nobler, and he's just a wee. He is, yes. Hold on, there, jot that down there. Yes, oh, I should have been quick in there with the uh, yeah. The back to back Simon up on that statistically, he's absolutely cracked. Thank Sorry. you, David. <laughs> Statistically, he is correct. Um, 
<laughs> One of the other main uh, talking points we talked about the, uh, the the two twins in uh, in Sheffield moving on, maybe getting skipped over last week. They have been replaced um, by a man who is the same age as them two combined. Uh, Brendan Brooks has stepped in. Uh, the former Fife Fly, the former Brayhead Clan player, has come in as thirty nine year old, the oldest player in the league. Uh, into Sheffield, and he actually made a mark straight away in in a what was a pretty drab game that I stood in the Drizzle Dome and watched between the Storm and the Sheffield Steelers. It was Brooks who came up with around 15 seconds left to take the game. Honestly, it was a terrible game to watch, but the Steelers took that win. However, it was very different the next night when they took on the league champions in the, in the Cardiff Devils and were hammered at home 4-0 up within something like minutes. Uh, Jackson Whistle taken out of the game after th- was it three goals, four goals. He was taken out of the game. Subsequently, it's been reported that he was unwell. He had a touch of the flu and a migraine and all those besides. But the Sheffield Steelers were humbled by the by the Cardiff Devils, who says have a strong side. Um, Paul Thompson, who was the architect of that Cardiff, of that Coventry Blaze side from 10 years ago that says spoke about, but Paul Thompson came on and took a lot of the blame. Don't blame the players, blame me, he said. The experiment of changing so many players hasn't worked. Davey, I've, I found that comment quite surprising, the fact that he's referred to it as an experiment. Um, Tomo has, has great pedigree and he's trying to build something there. I think the comments on social media about you know, budget comparisons and uh, I'm sort of, the, the people were backing them and saying that they, they can't compete with the, the big spenders, whoever <laughs> they consider the big spenders to be nowadays. You know, you're saying on a level playing field, Paul Thompson can't compete. Well, he, he proved in, in his day that he's been very competitive and over the, his, his tenure at Sheffield, he's, he's brought trophies. They're going through a bit of a slump at the minute and, you know, people are very quick to throw the, the baby out with the bathwater. We've maybe used that terminology already tonight because uh, with our own club, you know, people are really, really keen. Tomo has has divided opinion there badly over the last couple of seasons. You know, he, it, it has been a real toxic environment and the, the Sheffield Steelers own, own social media, but, you know, their, their fans certainly on social media are very, very toxic towards the club and especially towards Tomo and, and all the success he's brought. You know, you're only as good as it's the old uh, adage, you know, what have you done for me lately? Uh, and that's it's, it's a very selfish uh, sort of attitude. We all want to win every game, but you know, Tom was trying to build something there that they're going to have success guaranteed. Everyone, when I say guaranteed, I mean they're going to have the the ground, the bedrock end of success. You know, young British players coming through on a conveyor belt year in year out because we can see how important that is to the game here. And you know, I'd argue with the the standpoint that he he created Liam Kirk. You know, we could debate that ad infinitum. You know, I disagree. So Seth Bennett on Twitter today saying, you know, Liam Kirk going to the NHL is down to one man. That's Paul Thompson. So I would take on bridge with that. I would, you know, Tomo for me as a as a high class hockey coach who has is up against it now. He hasn't done his due diligence in, in a few of his signings. Those Rupert brothers didn't come with, you know, I heard things about them over the summer. I know that other people that were looking at them said they just, it was a, they knew what was going to happen before they signed there. So very strange that they would end up there. And uh, of course, the, the PR comes out, they were gassing one and the other brother left to, to avoid the, the awkwardness of the whole situation or to, to back his brother up. He felt he was being scapegoat or whatever. So I think 
Simon said it last week, and I, I I can disagree with him. Sheffield will come. Sheffield will come good. They've got good talent there. You know, they've obviously brought in Brooks. I personally haven't really followed his career since he cancelled the gig at Crook. But you know, um, <laughs> Jackson Jackson Whistle, I still think is struggling, and I think the club are having to put an arm around him. Get here, kid, you're you're sick. But some of those goals aren't down to sick goaltender. You know, they're just down to a guy who's not particularly well informed. He, he, apparently he's played well over the last couple of weekends. You know, their problem is Jackson was here with Stephen Murphy as a 1.5, you know, the, the splitting the time. Jackson's having to play every day, every train, every session. He's got to be there every game. And I, I don't know whether Brad Day is up to, you know, stepping in there for him, giving him a bit of time off, or whether they're going to have to look at bringing in a, a, a 1.5 to split the time with us. Or whether the Sheffield campaign of shit. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> I, I just don't. I just don't know whether they're now to invest in whistle and the whole whistle brand, if you want it. And and the, have they gone too far down the line now? I've seen you know they threw all their eggs in the whistle basket over the summer with their media campaign and all that. Their campaign of shit. Sheffield campaign of shit. I'm never gonna lose that dynamo. You can't, you can't have Dave Sims coming on radio whilst they're on the known show on answer. That's all I'm saying. That's your patch, mate. That's your patch. (laughs) Come on, don't come into my manner and start bumping your gums. Well, just compensate our supporters. That's what this is about. This is about money. <laughs> Joe, you know, I, they seem to be at this moment in time a, a one-team tabloid machine, and it's not just it's not just what's happened with regards to the on ice stuff. We see in the Observer, maybe not a tabloid, I suppose. Well, no, it did change to sort of tabloid size, didn't it? But the Observer this week, you know, there was an article with regards to um, uh, Tony Smith. And what should have been an article about the, the resurgence of UK ice hockey seemed to also lean more towards an advertisement for the Sheffield Steelers and him given the, you know, given the persona of not as the chairman of the league, but as the owner of the Steelers. Yeah, oh, and the like, savior of UK hockey. The, the savior of UK hockey and also obviously the, the David Beckham of the EIHL within their ranks in Robert Dowd. Um, <laughs> yeah. I look, uh, positive. I mean, generally speaking, positive press for the Elite Ice Hockey League on uh, a nationwide scale is good. And uh, there will be people who don't have the sort of uh, insight that we do from following it week in, week out, and and maybe don't read it like that. But it's very easy for us to look at that and see it as a a kind of Sheffield puff piece. Um, Hopefully it's for the greater good and hopefully people instead take that as a, as a sign of the league's legitimacy and, and take away the sort of notes about how it's resurging and how we are filling uh, buildings all over the UK, you know, weekend in, weekend out. But, um, you know, they're a little Jekyll and Hyde for me at the minute. Um, and I, that social media wise, uh, over the last week or so, I think there's actually been some quite good content and quite funny engagement and stuff. It just seems to be though, anytime I go, ah, maybe they could be turning a corner here. Maybe, maybe they're going to be better. Um, something stupid happens. So I, uh, I'm just waiting for the next thing. Um, we, we, we always seem to end up having this conversation every week on the show, but it's true. They're, they're just a, a, a tabloid machine. There's always something sort of incredulous happening. Um, but look, it's good value. I, I wouldn't be without it. Simon, just tell me you don't really care. I honestly couldn't give one iota about it. So move on to somebody else. Good stuff. <laughs> right, we'll, we'll the, wrap. the big thing about it is I only talk about the Sheffield players because then we'll have to talk about it, but just move on. 
Fair <laughs> enough, mate. Fair enough. I'm happy enough with that. And I'll wrap up the Around the League section, except for the fact that this week is a game on TV on uh, Free Sports. So um, let's hear from Murph. Big EIHL game live and exclusive on Free Sports this Wednesday, September 26th. Nottingham, welcome Cardiff to town. These two clubs previously met at Ice Arena Wales on September 15th. The Panthers played a great road game for 40 minutes and had a 2-0 lead heading into the third period. The Devils wouldn't go away though. Joey Martin and Matt Pope led the comeback with one goal and one assist each. The Devils with the 3-2 win on the night. The Panthers will be looking for some revenge and their fifth league win. Rich Chernomaz's side are 4-2 in league play, the Devils 2-0. Join Paul Aidey, Chris Ellis, and myself, Aaron Murphy, from 7 p.m. Wednesday for the pregame show Face-Off to follow at 7.30. And don't forget to check freesports.tv and eliteleague.co.uk for all EIHL live TV game news and information. Keep your head up and your stick on the ice. Tune in to Free Sports Wednesday. Thanks to Murphy. Yep, that game is on, well, tonight, because this goes out on the Wednesday. Tonight on Free Sports, uh, the game between Nottingham Panthers and the Cardiff Devils. That could be, (laughs) looking at what happened to both teams of the weekend, that could be one-sided as well. But we'll see. Uh, Regards to ourselves, well, we've got one team to play. Two games this weekend, home and away in Elite League competition. A chance to get those first points on the board in in league competition. And they're both against the Dundee Stars. Friday, 7 p.m. at the SSE Arena. Saturday, 7 p.m. out at the DIA. Just briefly, Simon, what do you expect from Pasha's team? We, we took the win last time. They always work hard. Every single game. Um, we didn't see, in the home game, we didn't see uh, their, their number one goalie. They started uh, Craig Holland. Um so you know it's it's difficult to you don't really see how good he is when he's on TV in my opinion. Um, if you see him in person, so I'm assuming I'm pretty sure they've got they've Sheffield tomorrow night. They do, um, and then drive back to Dundee, and then they've got to come back to Belfast on the Friday, and then go back to Dundee on the Saturday. I'm hoping they're going to be tired because you know three games or sorry three games in four days is tough going, um, and especially with the, that travel <laughs> schedule. So hopefully. Um, we come out with a better jump on Friday night. It's you know, getting the first goal is important. Um, if we can get a couple of early goals and, and build a bit of confidence, then hopefully move forward. I know their guys have been working. Uh, I was down at practice this morning, and I know that they've been working hard on uh, on battles along the wall and working uh, defensively as well. So hopefully, um, Jim, Vandermeer, and Adam have got the guys all ready to go for for Friday night. Um, I don't think anything but a win is acceptable on Friday night after the last three performances. I think that's it, Davey, is the fact that the Giants, maybe after well, two defeats at home, one defeat away, need to put on do they need to put on a show for the SSC crowd? Absolutely. Is this where I channel my inner Neil TV's Neil the Coach Russell? Foot you know, on throat, best foot forward, et cetera, et cetera. I need to cut those out, don't I? Yes, save me, um, <laughs> save me doing that. But yeah, and he's absolutely right. You know how we come out, and we've we've actually played okay. And you know, we said that at the top of the show. 
I don't think that we're too far away from giving somebody a proper gobbin, but and let's hope it's Friday night. Interesting. I think that's. I, I take it, I t- and I absolutely agree with you. The fact that you know, I think we play well in fits and starts and in large swathes of the game. But Joel, that has to be translated to the scoreboard. Yeah, look, the, this weekend is about confidence. Uh, so one of you guys said that there. Um, it's not about going out and battling back and forth and squeaking an exciting game 5-4. The Giants need a weekend where they remind themselves who they are and the style of hockey that they play and who the man behind the bench is. You know, um, Davey, during the week there, posted the photo of Adam Keefe absolutely suckering the jaw off Big Ben Olsen. <laughs> and that, to me, just took me right back. You know, that that photo encapsulates what the Giants are. Under Adam Keefe, that is our style of hockey and that's who we need to be this season in order to have a fighting chance. So look, Dundee, give them credit. They have quality throughout the squad. I've, I've spoken a bit of a fanboy of Matt Bissonette, to be honest. I like seeing him doing well over there. Um, obviously, Fabrizio Ricci. Whoa, rack up here. Whoa, hold on a minute. You don't want to see anybody doing well anywhere. <laughs> Get that sorted out. <laughs> yeah! yeah! You like, jump in here, back me up. I'd just like to say, statistically, Simon is correct. <laughs> <laughs> Good job. I'm a stat man. Ah, uh, very good. Sorry. As I was saying, I hope we shoot them twice at the end. <laughs> well, those two games. Saturday, sorry, Friday, 7 p.m., SSE Arena. Hopefully, the Stars will get a gubbin. Uh, if you can't get down there to watch the game, Simon will give them a gubbin themselves from Belfast Giants TV. <laughs> um, and on Saturday, is it 7 p.m. on Saturday? I think it is. I haven't looked it sure up. It is, yeah. I think it is. 7 p.m., um, at Dundee, in the DIA, Dundee Stars, hopefully their webcast works. Tune into them, Dave Sweeten and um, the other guy. Dave Sweeten, who's the other guy's name? Swan? Was that? Uh, Stephen Swan. What, 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 one of them does commentary and the other one just gives social media updates? Isn't that right? Uh, something like that, yeah. <laughs> no, you tune in. It's, it's, it's great coverage. Uh, Dundee Stars TV for that. Uh, any other business, gents? Yeah, I've got one. Um, I have to give a shout out to be Tom Simpson. Oh, absolutely. Um, he's going in for double hip replacement. I think it's tomorrow. Um, so that we're thinking about you, man. Hope you're keeping well. Um, and hopefully see you back at the uh, SSA Arena very, very soon. Here, here. Uh, just to jump on top of that, I actually just got a tweet from Tom in the last 10 minutes. I fired something out earlier after seeing Laura Small's tweet about the, the hip surgery, just saying that it's been a privilege to watch him kind of grow up into the, the young man that he is. And um, he, he's barely recognizable now from that video that he shot with Mike Hoffman about uh, blood donation, I think it was. Um, remember them sitting on the edge of the bed shivering together? He's a tiny little kid, and, and now he's this fantastic young man. But um, I just got a tweet from him that just encapsulates the kind of bravery of what these kids go through. Uh, he says, thanks, Joel, having to get up super early as double hip replacement is scheduled for first thing in the morning I'm rubbish at early mornings <laughs> <laughs> you know that's, that's the thing he's that's, worried about that's the top of his concerns so just just a second that wee Tom's fantastic and I hope it all goes well I know it will one of the things I noticed on social media in the last uh, last week, short while was um, young Blake he's doing his hoping the, he's got tickets for Kylie let's hope he gets the chance to meet her <laughs> what more can you say? I mean, and the same boy will. He'll end up uh, being best friends and probably bringing her back for tea. You know, he knows. Oh, 
He Sorry, should be I, have a, I have another one there um, yeah. that I forgot about. I think the organisation needs a big pat in the back after Sunday. Um, not the game. Everybody was disappointed with the result. But after the game, they did the after-game skate. Um, it was sold out. Uh, and I was talking to Davey today, and something just really um, really hit home to me about, about exactly what this organisation means to people. There was this young kid in a wheelchair. Uh, I, I don't know who he was. I, I mean, I know, you know, you always see them about the arena, but I've never seen this kid before. He must have been probably eight or nine, um, one of the electric wheelchairs. He was sitting at center ice. And as I was saying to Davey earlier on, he, he wasn't even, he wasn't, you know, all the guys are coming around, they're getting autographs and getting photographs and stuff taken with him. But he was just sitting there at one stage, and I was I was sitting on the bench with Jazz, um, and he was just sitting in the middle of the rink, sitting on you know on the uh, on the on the ice itself in the wheelchair, and all he was doing was looking around him, and he was in absolute awe, and being given the chance, you know, obviously being in the wheelchair, he's not going to be able to skate, and and uh, and he misses out and maybe a lot of stuff with normal kids. Get, and I mean, likes it yourself, Paddy Rushing, and, and you've got uh, uh, Ruby and Lily here, you know, Lily's birthday the other day. Happy birthday, Lily. Absolutely. Um, and you've got all our kids who are, are lucky to, to be able to run about, and, and they will be a pain in the ass, believe you me. But watching that kid on, on Sundays, it just goes to show how far this organization to helping kids. Not so much feel good about themselves, but make dreams come true. Literally make dreams come true. When I was working at the ice ball 20 years ago, having bringing kids onto the ice in wheelchairs was, was seen as dangerous, very, very dangerous. Um, and, you know, they don't want people bumping into them. Uh, but the guys couldn't do enough for them. You know, uh, Jim Van der Meer was pushing Blake Ground, and then Garshay was pushing Blake Ground, and everybody took their turn. And the same with young Ethan. Uh, I know Joel was was uh, with Ethan as well at one stage. But just seeing all that and, and sitting back and taking it all in from a from a fan's point of view, nothing to do with what we do for the podcast or what we do for the webcast or anything like that. But just, I was absolutely immensely proud of watching those players do that. And the big thing about it is they've just got gubbed for the third night in five nights. Fantastic from the club. Not to agree. Anything else? I've just got two really quick things. One, if you get a chance, and if I remember, I will link it on AVFTV. I'm, I know I'm really awful at saying I don't do these things, but Damien Curry put out a little blog post during the week. Um, oh, just yeah. reminding all all those guys and guards out there that might be having a little, little little problems or anything that it's okay to talk to people, and, and he's gone about it by putting it out there in a blog. You know, my my phone's always on. I know Joe will be exactly the same. Paddy says, anybody ever wants to just chew the fat with us about hockey or just get stuff off our chest, we're always here for you. Part of what we do at A View from the Preds is we're in a very privileged position that we get to come on and say what we want. Other people don't have that opportunity. We're just four guys gonching about hockey. But we're, we're also here to try and give you something during your week that, you know, just to listen to for an hour and break the week up. If you ever want to talk about anything, pick a phone up, send us a tweet. We'll have a yarn with you. Anyway, that aside, our good friend, my very, very BFF, my best friend forever, Mark Lefebvre, has just picked up a coaching role with the Orlando Solar Bears. Um, 
he's obviously he was with who was he with? He was with Cleveland, was it? No, this is terrible. <laughs> my, my, my body you're, 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 you're top man, okay? <laughs> he's changed his. He's changed his. Type it into Google. No, he was with Cincinnati Cycling. So was, I was trying to see his what. Yeah, but he's changed it already. The Orlando Solar Burst. Um, so he sent us a little message um, out of view from the bridge for, but, but I can't actually read it right? But he's saying that uh, it was too good an opportunity to pass up working with Drake um, Barahoska. He played over 600 NHL games. He's going down there just to continue, you know, his journey in hockey coaching. You know, obviously he came here. Things didn't work out brilliantly for him. He was doing really good things in Dundee. That, that was a, a club on the up and up. And passes obviously taken where, where Lefebvre left off and, and boosted that club even more. And, Mark's gone on to great things in North America, and and you know, so he, he keeps me up to date from time to time with some great horse tips as well. So, you know, <laughs> good good man to have on your side, <laughs> Paddy. If you don't mind, I'll I'll probably close it tonight um, yep. just with, with another more. quick thing. Uh, and, and as Davey said there, you know, it's it's an opportunity for people to take an hour out of their week. If we ever have a show run to an hour, <laughs> I run about three tonight, but. Um, I just, I just want to give. I'm just a bottle and jewel. Statistically, you are crap. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Throw enough bleep so I'm sticks. But no, uh, yeah. Just a second that about Damien's blog. That was awesome. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, uh, right to close the show tonight. Just a, a quick shout out to my buddy Craig, uh, Craig Lacey. Um, his mom Sharon got in touch. She's a, they're great Giants fans. They're around all the time. They've spent some time up in BC. And Craig's having a bit of a, a tough time with school right now. Um, young teenage guy really real sweetheart um sometimes you know uh, the, the issues that people have aren't necessarily visible and and craig's just having a, a real rough one and, and kind of struggling just with with getting back into the groove uh, with school and I've, I've managed to get a few of the boys to send him video messages and stuff and i'm really grateful for the, for the guys that took the time and we're going to spend some time with them and um, myself and rudy quite soon and hang out and stuff but just to say hang in there craig mate um it, it can be tough we all remember school being rough and and uh, sometimes you don't want to go but in the long run it's it's much better off and and we know that you're you're strong enough to, to get there and get it done, mate. So um, we'll see you very soon, and, and thank you very much. Is he a wee Twitter, Joel? Um, his mum has Twitter, uh, Sharon, at Sharon Lacey, um, but I don't think Craig is on there. Um, but it? she's but she's been uh, she's been sort of feeding stuff back. So um, at Shaz Lacey, um, if anybody wants to send a wee message for him, and, and she has been showing him messages and video messages all week long. So anything will be a great help. He's a, he's a great fan and, and just needs a bit of a pick me up right now. Well said, man. And uh, one more thing from me: we um, in the last week we've had a lot of people get in touch with the show. A lot of people saying very nice things, and there was a lot of people just asking for one more thing. They just wanted to hear one more thing again. And who am I? Who am I not to give the people what they want? Oh, baby, baby. Oh, baby, baby. Oh, baby, baby. How was I? Yep, there we go. We'll wrap the show up from there. Thanks very much to uh, Colin Shields. Thank you very much to Kendall McFall, Jim Delanis, and Adam Keith for their time. Um, the games versus Dundee, Friday, 7 p.m. at the SSE, and of course, at Belfast Giants TV. Uh, on a way to Dundee on Saturday, 7 p.m. at the DIA and Dundee Stars TV. You can keep up to date with us all through the week, kingdomofthegiants.com, at AVFTV on Twitter, SoundCloud, SoundCloud, soundcloud.com forward slash AVFTV, and on Facebook, just search for A View from the Bridge or Kingdom of the Giants. Um, thanks very much, gents. Thanks, boys. If the webcast isn't working on Saturday night for the uh, Dundee Stars, 
I'll do tweets on Match League One game. Oh, so you can get some badly spelled tweets from Simon Kitchen. <laughs> maybe just, doing maybe just do it anyway then. Yeah, do it anyway for the crack. Are you having a few beers or are you just... Uh, I, haven't, I haven't really decided. Undecided. Okay, we keep. I've got, I've got Jasmine with me. She'll probably just want to, you know, take the bottle and hold it for me. Yes, that's a good way to do it. We'll keep keep an eye on at AVFTB on Twitter. We we'll keep you up to date with what we're going to do with that. And uh, thanks to everybody for getting in touch through the week. And uh, wherever you are this weekend, we hope you enjoy your hockey. And we'll catch you here next time on a view from the bridge. Podcast Network.